So thank you for playing on my EP, gentlemen. Thank you for having us. Thank you for letting me. Um, I remember distinctly I was going to uh, a rehearsal of some of my mum's stuff. I was singing in one of my mum's little concerts um, Mm. because she needed someone to sing the bass part, even though I'm not a bass. Uh, and receiving a uh, WhatsApp from Jordan saying, please, can I play bass on your uh, EP? Um, I don't know how he knew I was recording it. <laughs> <laughs> I must uh, have said something. A little bird told me. <laughs> I got my little birds. Tweet, tweet. What's your favourite bit in Butcher Boy? And I just love the story. It's like watching a short movie about this guy who is a psycho and, you know, Miss Alice. And uh, actually, what I really like about the lyrics there is that, um, you know, Tom um, managed to give the whole impression of the whole situation by just using a few words. But they are so well chosen that um, you can see the dynamics happening. And um, it's remarkable, really. I am am pleased with the words on that. It's the only time I've ever used the word shit in a song. Um, I should do it more. Often. Uh, <laughs> and um, talking of, um, um, it, it's, it's a sick little song as well. If you start thinking about what it's about, it's um, yeah. Uh, well, yeah, the, the the cubes being pushed down the drain. That's a bit a bit grim. That <laughs> that's the visual image that struck me most from the whole song. I just imagine somebody trying to push down cubes of meat down the drain. Lovely. Yeah. <laughs> It nearly didn't happen, uh, Butcher Boy. I'd written the first verse and it felt a bit too safe and obvious. So I nearly didn't write it. Um, but I put up a little video on the interwebs about uh, you know, just sort of, you know, here's some um, stuff I've been. Um, uh, mm, I remember that. And Simon Lewington, um, uh, lovely chap um, who's come to at least one gig. Uh, he came to the gig we played in um, uh, Darlington. Um, mm. He said, oh, I like that one. Finished that. Uh, so I did. Um, so Butcher <laughs> Boy is Simon's fault. And, and with Butcher Boy, I love that it's um, uh, it's it's a waltz. It's, it's like a Victorian kind of like, you know, music box kind of, you know, wind up uh, organ kind of thing. Mm. Vibe. Yeah. But, 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 it's like, you know, it's like a sick circusy kind of thing um, exactly it's it's also interestingly the only song where i really tried to stick to the brief which was have a listen to a tom waits album aha uh-huh. which i did just before i tried to record that and the and the verse guitar parts very much me trying to do what i was told to do about ashes yeah so that i've i've wanted to sing that story for years 
the story of the um, uh, guy with the spirit box trying to get uh, mm. in touch with the dead. I've wanted to sing a couple of songs about that for years and haven't got around to actually writing them. Um, and then I was noodling around last January, I think, um, and needed some words for what I was writing. So I ended up writing about that. Mm. Um, the other thing that Ashes definitely rips off is Sweeney Todd. To the extent that early versions of it, where in, in, in the finished version I'm seeing Ashes, in early versions of it I was singing the name Joanna, which crops up in quite a few Sweeney Todd songs. It's that, uh, it's that similar. That's all right. Um, okay. That's cool. Well, I've, ne- I've never heard it, so you wouldn't have noticed anyway. Well, um, Sondheim has got this fantastic thing that he does in loads of songs where uh-huh. the melody is doing something really simple. You know, mm. so maybe it's going from the um, second to the root or something like that, which is what um, uh, Ashes does. So just da 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 da, um, where the, and so the, the singer's just doing that, really simple, and then the chords are all over the place, um, sort of these discordant things. Oh, that's um, where you come in, then, isn't it, really? Yeah, well, definitely in the chorus of Ashes, that's um, some <laughs> yeah. some odd odd chords in there, um, and I really like the way it goes from the sort of the odd chords to the quite simple uh, so the, the, um, the ashes da, 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 the chords on that are weird um, and then the um, listening to things I shouldn't hear bit mm. it's just nice simple um, um, uh, normal chords I really like uh, I really like the little the little high bit um, before the chorus where you're playing right up high and then I played something else right up high sort of cascading and sort of sounds Jordan's bowed bass underneath mm. as well that, that section came out really well didn't it mm, I did good well, I like the, I like the slightly sort of squeaky bass parts you know they're not <laughs> they're not in tune they're sort of scratching they're a bit like we can't really be bothered with dragging a corpse behind us or something you know it's just <laughs> without you just ashes and ashes they left me without you to listen in to things I shouldn't hear. What I've really liked about this project is that it's not all me. It's not all my ideas. Mm. Uh, definitely um, Jordan's uh, double bass parts. There's all sorts of stuff there that I wouldn't have thought to do because I don't know the instrument well enough. Um, and it's all those little bits that, for me, sort of make the piece work. Oh, I love the sound of the double bass. It's just perfect for this project, especially. Nothing else would would work. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I, I tried all the songs. I tried it with electric as well. But it, you know, the double bass is like a, a, a big bass drum mm. with a swell. You know, you have the physical uh, omp of the of the sound. It's like a tuned percussion. Yeah, the percussiveness. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Gives so it a bit of an extra drive when you do, you know, acoustic guitar based stuff, and it it's it's a great. It was a great challenge for me in terms of doing something unusual because I normally when I do double bass it's just because I'm playing jazz, yeah. right? Um, so just going back and playing folk with an instrument that's you know the, the, the folk um, heritage, mm-hmm. so all of a sudden it makes sense. Let them swing, let them swing, come all the world up. Let them swing, let them swing, leave earned this fate. Let them swing, let them swing, stretch their necks out without their greed. 
August and Whiteface. Evil Clowns. There aren't enough songs about evil clowns. Yeah, I love this one. This is another song that's been hanging around for ages. It's um, I've got a video of me and my mate Pete playing it that's 10 years old. This is great. I love the um, uh, the big booming bass drum. I love the um, uh, the raucous shouting of uh, let them swing. Uh, and I really like um, the guitar playing again. There's some great guitar stuff on it. No, I really like the feel of it. This sort of slightly scraggy acoustic. Everybody's sort of clapping and cheering, and yeah, we want to see them swing. You know, great vibe. The whole thing is mm. again, it's like watching a movie. And doesn't sound at all like Mumford and Sons in the chorus either, which is great. <laughs> well, it's got the big bass drum. I'm pretty sure <laughs> that Mumford, Mumford and Sons wouldn't be using those chords. I reckon that is a safe assumption. Probably not. But it's yeah. got the right feel. It's, it's a sort of clapping along, singing along kind of thing. Aren't we all jolly because somebody's being executed? It's great. Yeah. This is so you, Tom. <laughs> it's so it's you. Getting colder, stranger. Check the power again. Again, still plenty. These absent, absent, and the voices sang, which is almost, ah. a, mu- almost a musical song, isn't it? Yeah, I think this is my favourite song on the whole thing, actually. Mine too. It's, it's really well structured, and although it's very quiet, it really builds nicely to the point just before where the, the coda starts, and the coda is just brilliant. I love that repeated thing you play on there. It's fantastic. Yeah, and, and it's very cinematic, because mm. the way I look at it, I see, I, I imagine the spirit box being like in a, in a wooden box with like some, you know, the gauges and stuff. And then it's like lights coming out of it, you know, like the the... the the Lost Ark. With all I was going to say, it sounds like something from Raiders and the Lost Ark. And music sounds like that. So it's like a fountain of light coming out of it, and the yeah. voice sang. Yeah, I mean that's exactly what it is. It's you know this bloke is obviously is mad. Um, <laughs> he's um, starts the song at the point where he's convinced he'll never um, uh, get in touch with the um, ghost of the wife that he killed ever again. Um, uh, and he's lamenting his lot, and, you know, can't decide whether he should go back to trying to kill people, all that sort of stuff. Has pretty much given up. Um, and then the voices sing uh, out of his spirit box, and his, his, um, his spirits are lifted. Um, sounds a bit weird when you uh, describe it like that. But, um, <laughs> it is. I, I, I actually didn't, didn't realise that. It's not what you want it to have. What you want to happen? You want to hear someone talking, and the spirits are, are, are you know, they're singing to you. Like, what is that's, that? That's what's happening to him. Yeah, actual spirit boxes. It's worth having a look at um, uh, the videos of people using them um, uh, on YouTube. It's utterly bizarre. What it is is a little box. It's just a radio receiver, and all it does is cycles really quickly through different frequencies, and so it will pick up different bits of radio broadcasts, but also just things that sound like they might be voices. <laughs> and then listening to that, if you're um, a gullible person who's into all this stuff, you just attach meaning to whatever's coming out of it. 
Um, would that be would that be the same kind of person who posts pictures of robins on Facebook and says that's your deceased spirit of your auntie who died talking to you? I've never seen that before. Have you yes. not? Have a look. There's been a few this week. So people basically they post a picture of a robin and say this isn't just a robin singing. It's the sound of your auntie Elsie who died. You know she's talking to you. <laughs> okay. I was, okay. <laughs> by coincidence, there was a thing on the, the radio uh, yesterday talking about um, this sort of thing. Apparently, the first person to do this um, was a guy who was out recording birdsong. Um, mm. And to get the birdsong undisturbed, he had these um, really, really long microphone cables so that he could be a long way from his microphones. Um, they were so long that they acted as a radio receiver and started <laughs> picking up distorted, um, you know, like, um, airplanes going overhead, started picking up um, some of the... Um, brilliant. Stuff like that. So we heard this on his um, recordings, these muffled voices, and decided that it was the voices of ghosts. Uh, and then <laughs> all these people tried to sort of recreate that, get in touch with ghosts that, uh, that way. Um, brilliant, brilliant. Now, it's, it seems a good moment to mention that when I was like, in my early 20s, I was really into all this kind of bullshit. Sorry, I, I just I just, <laughs> uh, just came out. Um, but um, yeah, I used to get together with this bunch of friends of mine with like all sorts of weirdos who played Dungeons and Dragons, of course. Um, and we, we, we go to this attic, and we had um, I didn't I don't remember who came up with the with, with the thing, but basically, if you have uh, you know. Uh, a speech recorded on, on a tape yeah and then you have to ask a question to the four winds and then the spirit will talk to you through the tape provided that you took, took the cassette apart and flipped the tape so it, it, it plays backwards <laughs> great so one night we thought we heard people screaming it on that tape, and we just fled for our, we ran for our lives. <laughs> how how old were you? Twenty two. Um, so two songs left here love dies which is definitely ripping off opeth's benighted um and also a song off my first album that it's not a million miles away from um, but different enough to call it a different song so that's fine um, <laughs> I, I love the title the title is very um evocative from somebody mm. died it's like an episode it's something that you read on a tombstone yeah, yeah a, good idea. It's also got the thing that I realise I do when I can't think of what to do. Because um, those chords <laughs> in, the, in the final section, it's E minus C, E major. Um, and I've noticed that if I don't know what to do with chords, I'll um, take the nearest major chord and then move up a major fourth, so uh, a major third. So uh, C minor to E major, I do all the time, or E major to uh, uh, G sharp major. Oh, that's, no, that's a great, great device. 
Well, it's great because somebody like me who just listens and tries to play along finds that, you know, there's an, a C or whatever and then never thinks that you've gone to an E major after that. So it takes me like 10 minutes of playing along to figure out where the hell has he gone? <laughs> yeah, but it's, I mean, everything's riffed off, off of David Bowie, obviously. It's um, uh, the verse of um, Space Oddity. Mm, true. C minor, uh, C major, E, e major. It's just those two chords, isn't it? Um, <laughs> It's, it's, it's quite a gospel change, I think, uh, in some. But it, it also made well the, the the big epic ending. It made it straightforward because it had to follow certain chords for the notes to fit. So there's no chance for any sort of noodly stuff. You just have to stick to the the key notes in the chords. Yeah. Although, yeah. Because if you think if you think about harmonies, you know, in a in a in a, in a are we are we going technical here? Is yeah. A, of course we are. Of course we are four note chord you have the root the third the fifth and the seventh and um the fifth is the, is the first note that you, you start to uh, ignore because it doesn't bring anything to the doesn't bring anything to the to the, the the harmonic richness of it and then you have the third and the seventh which are the two notes that sing where the third is the note that you know a major third is the note that will emerge the most out of a you know the the, the harmonic um, texture. Um, when you do that kind of stuff, where you have two chords are in the same key, and then you have another chord that's that's from a parallel mode, for example, a a major after a minor, you have that C sharp that jumps out when you're playing a major, and that's basically it's always like you know when you when you're outlining those, which I think is exactly what's happening in the song. When you when you have those chords that um, change that way, you always go for the tasty note. Mm. Our case is the major third. You know, there's no there's no playing about with licks and stuff. You have to hit the, the tasty. That, note. That's what I'm saying. There's no noodling in minor pentatonic because you can get away with it. It's like you yeah. have to work out which note goes where, and you have to play exactly the right note. Yeah. But on, on that song, I did use one of my nice pedals. You know, I sent you the link for it. It's called a, a Meris Mercury 7. I sent you the link, yes. Jordan. And it does that sort of really haunting high note over the top of the slide. And it sort of tracks slightly behind it. It gives it that whooshy weirdness, which is very nice. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I remember you saying, I just ordered it. <laughs> you actually made a point to send me a message out of the blue to say, I saw this pedal, it's great. I just bought it. <laughs> and then you sent me that video, I'm like, yeah, I would have done the same. <laughs> um, I'm just to go back for a second. I'm hoping that I have never written a song that you could just mindlessly noodle uh, a minor pentatonic scale over. Um, that's, I think that's what, sort of one of the unwritten rules of my, um, of my chord choices and songwriting. No, you said that to me a long time ago, so it is kind of... A subversive goal of mine is to get away with some minor pentatonic noodling. One of your songs, and and seeing if you if you let it through. If it sounds good, I will. Um, <laughs> uh, and then paper, scissors, stone. Ah, oh, what a tune! So short, but it's so perfect, and and the whole composition and the melody is just perfect. You couldn't change any of it. I love it. No, it's great, and it's a proper. Uh, 32 bar structure A-A-B-A um, proper old fashioned mm. 
Yeah. Yes. Century song. Yeah. Um, deliberately so. I've got a few of those scattered through my albums. Uh, whenever I do that, um, that song structure, that's me saying, let's take a time out from all this complicated prog stupidness and let's do something that's just simple and direct. And here's a proper song. Um, there's also some slightly silly chords uh, in it. Um, what, what do you mean by silly chords? Every time you think it might go to the E major, it doesn't. Okay. Um, I've got another chord that has the G sharp, the leading note, instead. So that's why I've done... Um, not that I'm sitting there and thinking about it, but I'm pretty sure that is why I ended up choosing um, F minor instead of the E major in the... Um, paper, scissors, stone. Uh, I have to confess, I didn't actually work out what the chords were for this because I only had to play over the gap in the middle and I just figured out a melody that fitted. So I don't even know what the chords are. Um, well, they are. Talking of which, I think my favourite guitar solo on this album is the one of Paper, Scissors, Stone. It's a great tune. Oh, thank you. Um, and there's some bass playing on it that's all right as well. Yeah, yeah. I, love, I love playing that because it was also was like the last thing that recorded. I think it was the last thing to go down on tape. Yeah, didn't you play that on a fretless bass rather than on yes. the upright acoustic? Yeah, yeah, it yeah. sounds good. Yeah, I, I thought it was going to be a bit too slick, but actually it worked. Mm. And um, again, the whole album, I would say, is kind of like show duty, kind of, uh, you know, kind of like a, a musical theatre. Yes. in a, a, a collection of songs and on that song specifically and you notice that right away on the on the b section when when they're talking about the the, 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 the games they play as kids yeah exactly the bass plays the you know the skipping part that yeah. sounds like kids playing around it sounds like a a, a childish uh, piece of music and that just came out of just reacting to the lyrics well done, guys. It's a good well done, you. Well done, you. Great songs. Really, really enjoyed playing on it. Bargain fulfilled, my brother. Killed by paper, scissors, stone. The games we play as children can get us from here to there. Sometimes things go too far when you triple dog dare. Naked and alone.